Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little podcast that I like to put together where I like to talk about all things investing, where I share with you uh, some of my own uh, observations, takes uh, about what's going on in the market, share with you other people's observations and takes about what's going on in the market, as well as um, sharing with you um, some of my thought processes and rationales that I use to make my own investment decisions. The goal here is to hopefully for you to take some nuggets of ideas and perspectives and information back with you to hopefully help you make uh, and frame um, better and more successful investment decisions. My name is Amin Reina and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And what I do as an investment coach is I try to help people who want to become more financially independent. The problem is when you start looking at investing from an investing perspective, people tend to become very fearful, very scared, intimidated, frustrated by the whole investing concept. They either don't know where to start if they're new to investing or they've been investing for a long time but just aren't seeing their portfolios make any traction like they thought they would be making. So what I do as an investment coach is I teach people, I engage with people on how to make more educated and ultimately more successful investment decisions so that they can achieve a certain level of financial freedom in their lives and, and achieve it with confidence. So today is decision day, and this is the top, this is the one of the podcasts I like to do. One of my favorite types of podcasts where I, I like to do, in the sense that I share with you some of my thought processes and ideas that went into my own personal investment decisions that I've made recently. Um, I really feel strongly as an investment coach, as someone who is teaching people um, how to invest that. You kind of have. I really feel strongly that you have to walk the talk. That you have to practice what you teach, and um, I take a lot of pride in the fact that the the, the, the courses that I develop and the, the coaching work that I do when working with individual investors, um, and the concepts that I share with them, I put them into practice in terms of my own personal investment decisions. So I believe in very much what I teach, and it feeds into. Um, I, I feel I feel very strongly about being very transparent with people in terms of applying what I'm what I'm teaching. So today, it's, it's actually a little bit of a special episode. It's actually a first in a series of episodes that I'm gonna talk about my most recent investment decisions. And the reason why I decided to kind of break them up into a separate podcast is we've just come off a really crazy month in the markets. You know, um, going into, into February, um, it just looked like the stock market could do nothing wrong. It was just, you know, the constant daily records that were being set. Investors were pretty much, investor sentiment was pretty much all going all in on stocks. And if you look at various uh, professionally managed portfolios, they were very low in cash. They were all in on the stock market. And then February came and basically the stock market just basically threw up, in, in, especially in the early first week in February. We were seeing some really, crazy stuff that we haven't seen in a long time. We're talking like, you know, the Dow Jones Industrial Average like down like 1500 points in a day. It's never been like that before. Um, you had just all of a sudden fear had just entered, re-entered the market. The concept of risk had just reintroduced itself to the market. And it was a really bit of a, it was a bit of a shock in a sense um, for a lot of people and especially a lot of professionals. And so what I wanted to do here is to share with you kind of how, sort of my, what, how I approached dealing with all that and share with you the decisions that I made during that time um, in terms of uh, 
buying new stocks and also an ETFs and selling and adding to existing positions that I already had. So I've kind of decided I'm gonna kind of break it down into literally almost four separate episodes. And in this episode, I'm gonna share with you the investment decisions that I made in terms of adding and adding, buying more stocks in, in, in companies that I owned already and ETFs that I owned already, as well as um, any selling decisions that I made. And in the subsequent podcast, I'm going to share with you, um, literally I'm dedicating going to dedicate one separate episode to every uh, new stock that I made a decision on buying. So there was just a lot of things that, go, that were going on in February that just forced me to make a lot of decisions and which is you know normal and so I just just instead of having like a three-hour podcast I thought it'd be easier to just break it down into smaller chunks so there's gonna be quite a few episodes and I'm gonna be kind of uh, revolving around this theme in terms of what I was doing in February while the market was kind of having what essentially looks like a bit of a hiccup um, so today I'm gonna share with you the stuff in terms of what I how I approached it. Well, first, the main thing that you have to go into these type of events when the markets are really kind of getting unhinged is you gotta stay calm. And the one way you stay calm is if you have a plan and have an idea and have a game plan, have an ideology and a framework for how you make investment decisions. When the market's crapping out, the last thing you wanna be doing is going, oh my God, what am I gonna do, what am I gonna do, and run around, run around with like scissors in your hands, panicking. You need to, this is the, the, it's at times like this where you need to leverage your plan and you need to kind of dust off your plan if you really haven't been looking at it. You need to just do a quick reset about making sure that you kind of just start, start going off, making crazy decisions that are totally off kilter with your investment strategy, your investment plan and your investment playbook that you have designed in front of you. And for those of you who have an investment plan and a strategy, that's kind of where your mindset should be. Now, for, um, I can understand for people that don't have and are just new to investing and haven't figured that stuff out, I think an event like that probably should be the impetus and the incentive for you to have one. And I'm gonna, sh you know, as you see how I went about making my decisions, you'll kind of get a sense of, okay, this is why it's important to have a plan and not just kind of wing it and let emotions start driving your decision making because it's during times of where people are starting to panic and get fearful that's really the the sweet spot first for making emotional decisions and when you start making emotional decisions that's where you're going to get into trouble and that's where you potentially can have a lot of long-term impacts negative impacts on your portfolio that'll make it really hard for you to recover down the road so so what did i do when things were getting crazy well what I did was essentially review, first thing I, I did was review what I had. Go to my portfolio and see what I had, what did I own, and take a look at the situations around those stocks and ETFs that I own and figure out, okay, is it a good time to just get rid, get out of those positions? Or is it a good time to actually play offense and actually add to those positions? And what I found myself doing, as I share with you, uh, is I actually made quite a few investment decisions involving buying more stock. So when the, when the market was, was kind of hemorrhaging at that point, I was actually going in and buying stocks. Um, so I'm gonna share with you a couple, uh, some examples, and actually some, basically what I did. Um, the first thing I did is, I'm gonna do my short position at the end because that kind of ties in a lot of things. Um, first investment decision that I made was I decided to buy more shares in CVS Healthcare, ticker symbol CVS. 
The stock before the mar before February was trading in the low 80s, and then after everything was crapping out in February, it went down as low as in the low 70s at the time. And when I looked at what the company was going, what was going on with the company, there was really nothing fundamentally different with the company other than the fact that they were, you know, proceeding ahead with this big merger with Adna. And you know they had a strategic plan to create, or trying to create a basically all-encompassing healthcare provider company. You know, uh, providing sort of an umbrella of healthcare-related services. And to me, when I looked at the with the stock going from low 80s to low 70s for really no other reason, um, for no real apparent reason, I thought, you know what? I think fundamentally, this, there's really nothing changed with the stock. I don't think the bit that that fact that the market was hemorrhaging was going to change uh, CVS's um, strategic plan to go and buy at that and create this, you know, super healthcare uh, provider company. Uh, those things are all still intact, and that's the nature of when you're looking at market downturns when you see stock prices falling. Um, a lot of times it's, it's the baby getting thrown out with the bathwater. And in this case, I saw no fundamental change with it, so I decided to buy more shares. And so I bought some more shares in CVS, and it took down my cost level um, a couple of dollars, and now it's at $76. So that was my first decision that I made, was I bought more shares in CVS Health. The second decision, next decision that I made is I decided to buy more shares in Nutrien, which is ticker symbol NTR. Now Nutrien is a new stock in the sense it is the, it is the output of the merger between uh, Potash Corporation and Agrium, which are considered the two real kind of dominant best of breed companies in the fertilizer in the fertilizer space, fertilizer, phosphorus, potash space, and they joined, finally joined in January and created the new company called Nutrien and created a new ticker symbol. And since the company um, changed hands or you know the new company emerged, the stock has been going down. It was it opened at $68 in January and it was basically went as low as $57 in early February. And again, I looked at the fundamentals of the company. Had anything changed over that last month and a half or over those last two weeks in February? And nothing's changed. The company's just doing what it's normally doing. And uh, other than, you know, the new company and the new ticker symbol and the new share structure and everything. So I said, you know what? And the fact of the matter is, I still like the long-term story of having something in the agricultural space because I think the reality is, you know, as people are getting up, uprooted from, from poverty into a middle-class lifestyle other all around the world, people are going to demand higher quality food. There's going to be a bigger demand for agriculture, agricultural stock. And so companies like, you know, the former Potash and Agrium are, are going to well positioned to really feed that demand in terms of providing those enrich nutrients and nutrient products to facilitate um, more growing of, uh, of, of, of food. So the fact of the matter is the stock went down from 68 down to 57 during that period. And so I said to myself, you know what, this is an opportunity to buy, this, buy to what to, I think is still a best of breed business at a really cheap, at a cheaper price. And so again, I went in and I bought some more sh uh, shares of of Nutrien and that lowered my cost base down um, to $66 and it's interesting because since I did that in early February the stock has essentially recovered and it's actually gone all the way back to up to its 66 level so I'm actually now ahead I was actually losing money but I'm actually ahead on that position now and I think 
the fact that I went in and bought more shares at the $57 level, I think, made a contribution. So that was that so far has seemed to be like a, a good positive outcome there. The next decision that I made was I decided to buy uh, buy more shares in Imperial Oil, ticker symbol IMO. And again, what drove what happened in February is the is the stock was falling again, like everything else, the stock was falling. And I think it was a lot more driven also by the fact that oil prices, which have been slowly creeping up uh, into the high 60s in up till February, um, started to retreat again. And I think one of the concepts that was leading to commodity prices falling was the fact that interest rates are slowly going up. And one of the kind of inverse relationships you'll find with interest rates and ultimately currencies is that there is an inverse relationship that I find there's somewhat uh, you know it's not scientific to the point but in times when the US dollar is appreciating going up in value um, commodity prices tend to go the other way and tend to fall and so the fact that interest rates seem to be going up higher would kind of feed into if you kind of think your way through it would kind of feed into the concept of the US dollar going up higher and if the US dollar was going up higher that would mean commodity prices would probably be falling aka i.e. oil and so um, so that's what happened and so all of a sudden oil prices at the time were starting to fall down into the low 60s and so the stock price was falling as well um, I viewed it at the time when I was trying to think through it was that uh, even, the, even if oil prices went down into the 60s, I think companies like Imperial Oil um, are still going to start generating really meaningful profit. And so the fact of the matter is, I th uh, if there was an opportunity to buy Imperial Oil shares at a lower price, in, in, even though the company is still creating tangible wealth, I thought, hey, I'm going to do that and lower my cost base. So I bought more shares of Imperial Oil during that pullback and that allowed me to lower my cost base to $42. The stock I think at the time was trading at 36 or something like when I, when I bought into it. It's interesting because I've, I've owned Imperial Oil for a couple of years now and when I first initially bought it, I bought it at $50, a literally $50 a share. And so now that I have my cost base down to almost, you know, it's interesting that I now have my cost level down to $42 a share. I've been just slowly buying the stock and I think Imperial Oil, as I said, it's a subsidiary of Exxon. Exxon is one of the most profitable companies on the planet. They make money, even though when oil prices went down to like $30, companies like Exxon, they were still making money. And that's one of the things I've learned from my past experience being an investment analyst is oil stocks, oil companies are, to me, some of the best wealth creating companies on the planet. They just do an amazing job of managing their scarce capital. And so for me, to I've always kind of made a point to have some kind of oil exposure in my portfolios. And to me, Imperial Oil was kind of feeding into almost that best of breed kind of, uh, kind of uh, stock. And so again, while the market was hemorrhaging in February, the stock price was falling and I used it as an opportunity to buy more shares to lower my cost base. Because I don't think this company is going out of business anytime soon. It is a best of breed type uh, oil producer in the, in the, in the space. And uh, I think it's a high quality, I think it's still a high quality stock worth owning for a long period of time. So again, opportunity to lower my cost uh, in there. So those were the stocks that I, I bought more shares in. I did, despite 
all the panic and weirdness that was going on in February, I did decide to make one sell investment decision. So essentially I, I, I didn't sell, and my one sell decision was not really, I sold everything, I just sold a partial position. And for those of you who've been following my podcasts in the past, I've kind of, and in my previous uh, investment uh, decision uh, episodes where I share my, and my blog also where I write out, you know, I share with you my, all my investment decisions, one of the most dominant positions that I have in my portfolio has been um, my short position on the S&P 500. I've pretty much been, cons- I think I've been consistently uh, on record saying I think the stock market is overvalued and I think there's a serious correction and a really serious major adjustment in, in share prices that have to happen. Um, you know, what's driving all this is, is rock bottom low interest rates, creating real um, disconnects between how companies are performing and share prices, a lot of asset inflation, price inflation, and I think just the market's just due for a real pullback. And so a lot of people thought that the move in February was the start of an ongoing, you know, extended period of falling share prices. I thought it could be, but I've seen the market recover. We've seen this happen before in the past. and so. Um, and it's been to the drudgery. It's not been a great trade, obviously, because the markets have just been literally going up and up and up and up, but I've consistently maintained that short position because I just feel uh, long-term, I think the markets are due for a major correction. So when the market was crapping out in February, especially that, that week where you know we had that 1,500 point drop and we had literally you know share prices swinging, like 800 point swings in the index values, almost on a daily basis, um, I used that point to, I made a decision at that point where I decided to, um, almost in a way, I don't know, cut my losses in a sense, but uh, I decided, you know what, I needed to, because of the violent nature of how things were going, I thought, you know what, take the opportunity and just scale down my short position. So I made the decision to sell essentially a quarter of my short position. And I sold it into the into the pullback, and the strategy that I kind of had was, okay, I'm going to sell a quarter of it. It went down quite a bit at that point. I thought, okay, if it went down quite a bit, I'll take a little bit of money off the table, out of the portfolio, and if it kept going down, then I would just you know wait for another sell point, and then I would just start slowly kind of getting out of that short position. I just thought I would use these pullbacks. Um, as a way to 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 sell into those pullbacks and reduce my short position. So that pullback in February was kind of to me, I thought a really good opportunity for my for me to reduce my short position, and uh, and sure enough, I sold and then it was over. It was almost like a hurricane, you know, ending and everything kind of went back to normal. The sun rose and life went on. And so the life did go on and the markets kind of recovered quite a bit after that point. So looking back, I thought it was, looks like I made a good decision to use that, the depths of, of, of the market panic to, to take some money off the table um, strategically. And, uh, and so I'm fine. So I'm still short. My position is lower now, 25% shorter, lower, lower, but I'm still short. I'm still exposed to that and uh, I'm fine with it and because I, I do feel as interest rates keep creeping up at some point investors are going to say hey you know what I'd rather own a two-year treasury that's going to pay me a higher yield than owning the S&P 500 which is going to give me a dividend yield which is going to be lower I'd rather hold people are going to somehow at some point and I have no idea when and what day that's going to happen they're going to say you know what 
stocks are risky at this point, and I think I need to be out of them. And I do see some kind of major pullback happening at some point. And when it happens, I will strategically act again and try to rationally act again and lower my position. So those are the things that I did in terms of my existing, what I have in my portfolio, how I manage that portfolio. And what's consistent with all of this is that, um, is the process I went through. When the market was crapping out, I essentially, you know, I went down the list of stocks that I owned, I took a look at their situation, I took a look, hey, is fundamentally anything negatively changed in how that business is being run? Or is the stock price falling because everything else around it is falling and so it's just getting thrown out, it's like the baby getting thrown out with the bathwater. And so a lot of the times when I was going through the stocks that I owned, I viewed them as, at least in these particular stocks, in a lot of cases, the stocks did, some of those stocks that I own didn't fall down meaningfully enough for me to want to buy more shares to lower my cost base. In the cases that I've shared with CBS and Nutrien and Imperial Oil, um, I felt that the stocks did fall meaningfully enough for me to want to buy more shares and take advantage of the opportunity. But that's again the what what you want to get. What I hopefully you can get out of this is I didn't just go randomly making decisions. I had a plan in terms of reviewing what I currently owned, seeing if it's in alignment with my investment strategy and my investment ideology. And if it was, and if the opportunity was there to buy those shares and add to those shares at a lower price point, I would take advantage of it. Same with my short position. When the stock, when the market was, when the prices were falling, the value of my short position was rising. I said, you know what, it's rising. I'm gonna take some profits here and play for another day in the sense um, of looking, of putting some money, but I'm still exposed to that short position. So if the market kept going down, and if it did in February, then I would use it as another opportunity to sell a small chunk of my position, get out of it. Instead of just making rash, uh, emotional kind of decisions, I was trying to make very thoughtful, um, calculated, and decisions that are in alignment with my investment plan and my investment ideology. So that's, why, uh, that's kind of the big takeaway I want you to get out of this in terms of how you deal with these um, stressful events. And it really always comes down to making sure, having some kind of plan, having some sort of ideology, framework for how you make decisions. And then when those moments happen, execute, flawless execution. It's literally a checklist. You go down the list, okay, if this is happening, do this. This is happening, do this, do this. It's the beauty of having a playbook, it's the beauty of having a plan, is it forces you to keep discipline and stay on your investment strategy and it allows, and if you have that, your chances are of getting to your long-term, meeting your long-term investment goals are just much, much higher. And they're, they're gonna be in your favor. They're not gonna work out, every decision isn't gonna work out, but again, your plan is gonna have a, a, a way for you to, and a mechanism for you to deal with those decisions that don't go right. So I can't stress, more highly the importance of having a plan and having a strategy. So if you have one and you didn't look at it, I suggest you take it, open it up, because God knows you've paid a lot of money for it. These things cost you know, hundreds of thousands, you know, a few thousand dollars to get these things made up. Um, if you haven't looked at it in a while, take a look at it. So when these moments, these stressful moments occur in the markets, you're not just going, okay, now what do I do? What do I do? How do I deal with this? What should I do with this? You have a plan and it's just about execution. You don't even have to think about it a lot of, uh, a lot of times. So that's especially uh, you know, stuff that I'm talking with with your current portfolio. In the 
Next couple of episodes, I'm going to walk you through the decision, the rationale, the thought process that I went through in making some decisions to buy some stocks. Um, I used that opportunity when during the pullback in February to actually buy some new shares, and I didn't make up those. I didn't make those decisions, you know, in the heat of the moment. I already had done my homework in terms of analyzing these companies and evaluating these companies. And then it's just a matter of just looking at a good price point to get into these companies. And I had that all done way ahead before February occurred. So in the next few episodes, I'm gonna share with you the thought process that went into my decisions to buy some new stocks and add some new stocks into my portfolio. And I hope, um, and I really like them because it, it incorporates a framework that I use that I teach people in my everyday investing course where I teach people how to buy and sell stocks, individual stocks, and it's literally the same stuff that I teach is the same stuff that I use personally in terms of how I frame my investment decisions. So catch those episodes, those will be coming up soon. If they're not already up there, um, I hope that they'll be really valuable for you. So that's it for this first part. If you have any questions about this episode, um, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can, there's so many ways you can get, get a hold of me now. You can get a hold of me on Twitter. My handle is at Sage Investors. I'm on there all the time, um, sharing and tweeting my own observations and other people's observations about what's going on in the market, as well as also my real-time investment decisions. I make those, I tweet those out as I make investment decisions. You can follow those, uh, hashtag trades2018. Um, all my decisions you'll see for 2018 are under that hashtag. You can you can find those there. You can hit me through my website, sageinvestors.ca, and drop me an email through there about a question about this episode or any of my previous podcasts or my courses that I teach. If you want some more information on the courses that I teach, my in-person and online courses, or as well as my coaching sessions, my investment coaching sessions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm more than happy to answer any of your questions. I'm also on Facebook. You can find me, uh, just do a search on Facebook. My Facebook page is Sage Investors. And finally, I'm also on Instagram. I'm actually tweeting, uh, tweeting out. I'm actually sharing with a bunch of. I try to. I'm trying it out. I don't know if I don't know if anybody's really into it on there, but I'm trying it out for a while. See what kind of um, see who I can connect with out there. Uh, I'm on Instagram. My handle is uh, Sage Investors Nation. So I'm on there. You can catch me with uh, podcasts and updates and stuff like that. I have that stuff all there too. Um, Finally, also, uh, if you're interested, every Wednesday I send out an email. Um, I call it In The Loop, where I share with you any new podcasts or videos or anything that I'm doing on my website or on any blog posts that I'm doing, as well as sharing with some stuff that I'm reading out there in the, mar uh, in the investing world that I find really cool and is kind of helping me better frame my own investment decisions. So if you're interested in getting on that list and getting some real good resources and references, Hit me through there. You can go to my website, sageinvestors.ca. Just sign up, put your email. Boom, you're on my list. And every Wednesday morning and Wednesday afternoon, I send those out. So that's all I got for you this week. And uh, join me again uh, for the next couple of episodes. I'm going to talk about my individual investment decisions that I made during the market panic in February. So thank you very much again for listening in to Stock Talk. My name is Amon Reina of Sage Investors and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye.